The scripture today is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 30. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his deeds of power had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, what, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades. For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Word of the Lord. Thank you, Katie, for reading that. You know, as Christians, our, our invitation, our challenge is to listen for the pain that's in the world and to listen to the words of hope and encouragement and love from the scriptures and to bring them together and to see where they match up, see where they connect That's our job as followers of Jesus, not just preachers, but all of us, because there are people in each of our circles that I'm sure are going through some pain, some difficulty, some sadness, some struggle, and perhaps you are the only Bible that people will read this summer. Perhaps you are the one to be the voice of compassion, the voice of generosity, the voice of care for someone who's going through a difficult time. As I've been listening for the, the pain that's out there, I, um, I've become very aware of how much anger and hurt there is 
not only in our congregation, but I've asked other colleagues in churches, and, and I've heard them say, yeah, people are really getting in touch with their anger. Underneath anger is always fear. I've asked people in the corporate world, I said, are, you, are people in your uh, workplaces acting out in angry ways? They said, yeah, we do see that. I've asked therapists, are people coming to you with more anger than usual? And they said, yes. And I think that may be helpful for us to acknowledge that there's just this underlying anger that is in our society, in our country, in our families, in our churches, and in us. And it's helpful to just name that as a dynamic so that we can see where does the gospel meet that reality or that anger in this case. I don't know why it is. There's probably lots of explanations, but I can tell you that there's some very high uh, publicity, high visible, highly visible anger in our body politic in this nation. And um, that seems to be filtering down. That seems to be giving us permission to be uncivil for some reason. We take that as a kind of fair game to be rude and, and mean and nasty to each other. And we Christians know there's another way. That, that's, not the, that's not us at our best. Us at our best is when we can agree to disagree, when we can hold fiercely held beliefs, but also be able to honor someone else and to see in them dignity and to see in them the beloved of God, and to allow there to be differences. We who are followers of Jesus, or trying to be followers of Jesus, know it's okay to be angry, but if anger has the last word, we're really not going to be on our game. And sometimes we can just be consumed by anger or the fear that is underneath it. So in today's passage... Jesus gets angry, which is quite refreshing. In fact, you know, it's not gentle Jesus, meek and mild, like, we, like I learned in Sunday school. This is Jesus getting really ticked off. So we're in good company if we're ticked off. Jesus himself got ticked off. I'm just going to read some of this. This is from the message, which is a little different from the New Revised Standard Version. Sometimes it It uh, describes things in, in some ways that get our attention. So in verse 20, it says, Next, Jesus let fly on the cities where he had worked the hardest, but whose people had responded the least, shrugging their shoulders and going their own way. This is a quote from Jesus now. Doom to you, Chorazin. Bethsaida, doom. If Tyre and Sidon had seen half of the powerful miracles you have seen, they would have been on their knees in a minute. At Judgment Day, they'll get off easy compared to you. And Capernaum, with all your peacocks strutting, you are going to end up in the abyss. If the people of Sodom had had your chances, the city would still be around. At Judgment Day, they'll get off easy compared to you. I wonder if he added a damn it at the end of that. Or, 
didn't make it into the scriptures. But so then it says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Have you ever prayed angry? It's a faithful way to pray. Not all the time. (laughs) Jesus abruptly broke into prayer. And this is his prayer. We get to eavesdrop on his prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from the sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. End quote. End of prayer. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. Do you see how, the, how prayer can affect Jesus? He goes into prayer angry. He prays. He gets it out of his system. And then he returns to community, to relationship with a tenderness. That may be helpful for us. That when we get angry, we may need to step away from community for a while and seek God in prayer and then go back into relationship with a little bit more tenderness. And then this is what Jesus says. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge No one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone who is willing to listen. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. you ever feel burned out on religion? Any of you who have served in organized religion know how disorganized it is? Any of you who have served on committees know how hard that work is? And sometimes people just feel burned out on religion. Here's Jesus saying, that's fine. Get burned out on religion. It's really about relationship. A relationship with God, A relationship with Jesus, a relationship with one another. Don't worry about religion. Be concerned about relationship. Somebody came to church today to hear these words of Jesus to them. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy Burdens, and I will give you rest. Notice, Jesus didn't say, I'll take away your problems. I'll take away your burdens. No, Jesus said, I'll give you rest. 
And with that rest, with Jesus, you'll be able to carry the burdens. When you are with Jesus, you can carry the burdens together. He says, take my yoke upon you. That image of an ox with another yoke to help carry the weight, to help pull the burden. Jesus is saying, come and be yoked with him. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Were any of you at the July 4th parade? I know some of you were marching in it. We, we opened the doors of our church on, on July 4th. And there were probably a thousand or so people out just in front of our church. So many young families came in to use our restrooms and they said to me, thank you. Thank you for opening up your bathrooms. Our kids needed to go and we had no place to go. And so it was the ministry of hospitality of opening our restrooms. And I walked through the sanctuary. There were some people walking in our sanctuary. They said, I've driven by this church for years, never been in it. It's so beautiful. I noticed there was a woman sitting in the narthex. She had a pack of ice on the back of her neck and a cold rag on her head. And she was sitting in one of those comfy chairs that we've got in the narthex in the back of the sanctuary. I heard the backstory. Steve Davis from our congregation had met her. She said, I feel kind of lightheaded. He said, come in, sit down in the shade. Let me get you some ice. Let me get you some water. Do you see how... He was the voice of Christ. He was the presence of Christ who in some ways said, come to me, you who are weary watching a parade on a hot day and I will give you rest. That perhaps is a vision, a metaphor for us as a church to look how can we provide rest for the weary. Claudia, we're doing that this week, are we not? There are people who are homeless, temporarily homeless, who are going to be sleeping downstairs and eating in this room all week, provided food by some of you. Thank you for your ministry of providing food for hungry people. I saw Linda and Carol bringing the food in yesterday. It's in the fridge. In some ways, we as a church are saying the words of Jesus, come to me, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. As I was watching the parade, I was really enjoying just talking with friends in the town and parishioners. We don't always get a chance to just talk and shoot the breeze. One parishioner who works with pharmaceuticals was telling me, among other things, he's working on a drug with a pharmaceutical company that can help people who are depressed and suicidal. And he said that Nine point something percent of the U.S. population, ideates, thinks about suicide at some point during the year. Nine percent. Which means that nine percent of our congregation at some point during the year thinks about killing themselves. Maybe not having a plan, but thinks about what it would be like. Friends, if you or someone you know is in that nine percent, Certainly come to Jesus, but come to me too. 
call me up and say, Jeff, I've been thinking about that sermon and I may want to just talk about this. If you say that, I will drop what I'm doing because I'll know what you're saying. Or talk to someone you love and trust and say, I don't want to bear this alone. Uh, So that we can work together and get people the help they need. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, don't carry these burdens by yourselves. I heard from another parishioner this week. We were talking about a friend of his who was recently widowed. And my friend was going to go and visit him because the person who was recently widowed said, you know, I'm okay until I'm alone and then I get in touch with my loneliness and my aloneness. There are so many people in our world, in our families, in our church who are feeling alone, who are in touch with loneliness. How can we as a church, how can we as followers of Jesus simply come alongside of them? We can't take away their loneliness. We can't take away their hurt, but by coming alongside of them, perhaps yoking ourselves with Christ and with them they might find some solace, some comfort, just in knowing they are not alone. I close with this reflection from Steve Garnis Holmes. He's a United Methodist pastor in New England Conference. He says this, The word at the center of our faith is no secret knowledge, no law, or demand that sets the righteous apart from the reprobate. It is an invitation. Come to me, you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The giver of all life speaks to you. One in whose presence your soul is at rest. You are given rest, whether you feel it or not. Set down your burdens. Follow the voice. This faith, not that you believe but that you come be with the one who wants you give in and if it seems too vain a hope that there is actually anybody there just live as if it were true try on the yoke of love and know that you are yoked bear the burden of light And know that it doesn't come from you. Watch for the one who learns beside you. Seek 
whatever presence in the world might say such words as these, and you will meet the one who does. Amen.